What's going on, guys? Anthony here. Back from a long, uh, long eventful weekend. I'll say that um, it was my uh, my girlfriend's birthday this weekend, and uh, your boy drank a little too much here. So um, I'm finally recovering, though. I feel uh, I feel pretty decent today, and and tomorrow I'll be uh, I'll be a one. But um, I want to do something a little bit different today. I want to give you guys a little bit of a taste. Uh, into the keynote that I'm going to be giving at uh, at the HR uh, at the HR department and as well as the HR class at Towson University um, in February, I want to talk about uh, about six or seven different topics. And I, again, I just want to give you guys a little bit of a taste. Uh, it's probably I'm probably doing this also to kind of work out the kinks of this of this keynote and you know it's 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 really not a keynote it's more like a fireside chat i kind of give uh the state of the union my my macro thoughts and perspectives on about six or seven different topics and then and then what i have them do is i already have each and every student come up with a multitude of questions uh, around these key topics and areas and then we just dive right in to like more of a conversational type uh keynote fireside chat um uh, whatever you want to call it, right? So uh, that's probably what I'm going to do today. Uh, something a little bit different, but again, as always, super authentic and super valuable, hopefully. So the first topic uh, for the keynote is around personal professional branding. Um, the uh, the organizer of this keynote wanted me to talk to some of the students as well as some of the HR leaders about my personal experiences and perspectives on personal branding and professional branding as it pertains to, I guess, propelling uh, one's career. I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of, um, you know, personal branding as well as kind of professionally branding yourself. Now, let me talk about professional branding first. I think the ways of the old school uh, apply on Indeed, Craigslist, Monster, whatever the case is going to be, uh, put your resume through. Hopefully that the ATS picks up your resume. I think that old school way is definitely still relative, but I think we need to be a little bit more thoughtful as professionals when when trying to position ourselves to have some leverage. So here's what I mean. When an employer picks your resume through an ATS and they decide to plug in your name in a LinkedIn or Instagram or a Twitter or just a regular Google search or or maybe in medium.com, there should be content there that shows your overall perspectives on that industry or that particular job, right? So for me, since I'm in the HR employee experience, you know, leadership, entrepreneurship, startup space, uh, throughout Twitter, Instagram, um, LinkedIn and medium.com, which is a blog platform, I have a lot of content speaking about these variables, right? Um, I have videos, I have my podcast, I have a lot of written word, um, I have a lot of quotes, I have a lot of blogs, I have a lot of collaborations. There's just a ton of content where if I were looking to be an H, you know, an HR leader or a CHRO or a VP of people or whatever the case is going to be, outside of my traditional resume, there would be a bunch of information that a potential hiring manager, a CEO, a recruiter can can look at as a reference point to not just look at the black and white of what's on my resume, but now they can see my personal perspectives, my professional perspectives on topics that are that are going to be you know part of my day to day with that role. So 
that's my first thing and my first tip would be um, make a lot of content guys put out a lot of content out to the world around uh the thoughts that are that are circulating in your profession um i'll make sure that they're authentic that's something that is really um important to me uh throughout my career there has been times where i've been more of, of a dj of content been more of a, a regurgitator and uh, and now at in my old age of 29 <laughs> and uh my maturity has kind of seasoned a bit I'm, I'm getting comfortable in my skin. I'm getting comfortable with things that I know and things that I don't know. And I'm being true to those. And throughout my LinkedIn and Twitter profiles and, and Medium, all of the content there is super authentic, super real, and uh, just personal to me. And so I think it's a good way for, for companies to understand who I am and who and, and what I represent in this space. Now, I'll, I'll, I'll look at it. I'll give you guys another tip as well, a little bit of a nugget. Something I just talked to my mother about because I just potentially uh, landed on another uh, another career path and another great opportunity through my networking and through my professional branding. Um, you know, when you do this, you are crafting and personally being responsible for where your career goes. And and and, and I think a lot of people misunderstand when I say that, right? When when you're in college and you are doing like internships or you're just traditionally putting your resumes through, um, you know, on Indeed or whatever the case is going to be, the the marketplace has the power, right? You necessarily don't have the power. But when you're on a LinkedIn profile or Twitter profile or Medium profile and you are actively reaching out to people in this space and you're actively starting a podcast or actively starting a blog or actively putting your thoughts out to the world, what you're doing is you're asking the world, the marketplace, professionals, recruiters, executives to to engage with your perspectives and your authenticity. And when you do that, you then kind of flip the power. You now have um you now have the leverage in a certain, to a certain degree. And I think that's what I would probably be my best tip to young professionals, young leaders out there where, you know, you want to, you want to, you want to position yourself with a brand that, you know, is going to appreciate and love you for you. And that was really big for me, right? Especially if you have a lot of out of the box, odd, weird, innovative perspectives, you want to come at this space and come at this industry with a with a sense of with a sense of with a sense of um what's the best word i can use with a sense of of leverage uh individual individuality um i'm having a hard time speaking today um with a sense of responsibility and and, and crafting your own world right and, and, and again just bringing the marketplace to you rather than chasing the marketplace and trying to fit in so that would be my first tip on branding, right? As far as the second thing I was going to talk about this keynote was career navigation after college and the proper mindset to do so. I kind of just talked about that, right? But I'll, I guess I'll dive a little bit deeper. Um, you know, career navigation is a funny one. Um, right now, I'm big on internships and shadowing. I'm big on volunteering. I'm big on um, finding mentors and working for free and 
you know, a lot of people are asking, well, well, how do I do that, right? My mom, my dad, my brother, my sister, my grandma, my grandpa, they no longer pay for my bills. How do I survive while also trying to dive into this world of internships and, and, and volunteering and things of that nature? Um, there's a thing called DoorDash. There's a thing called Uber. There's a thing called eBay Hustle. There's a thing called thrift stores. There's a thing called McDonald's. There's a thing called a gas station. There's a thing called restaurants. There's a thing called hustle and just figured the hell out, right? You will be able to make 600, 400, $800 a week, pay your bills, live a decent life um, while you spend the rest of your time diving into these internships and shadowing opportunities. I personally think it's the best way to go as it pertains to career navigation directly out of college. I think if you spend the first 12 to two years going pot committed into just finding different ways to bring value to others, love others, care about others, learn from others, and just dive into the world, great opportunities will come to you based off of your authenticity and based off of of your level of curiosity faster than you think, right? Faster than spitting your resume through an ATS. And again, it's not even it's not even that I'm trying to be arrogant and cocky and say that I want the industry to come to me. It's really a matter of happiness, right? That's really what we're talking about. What I'm talking about is this. When you are submitting your resume to companies, you have no freaking idea of the culture. You have no freaking idea of the leadership. You have no freaking idea if this company, if this brand, if this community, if this culture is going to be a good fit for you. When you're doing it the other way, when you're doing it reverse, when you're shadowing, and when you're interning, when you're jumping into communities just to try to bring value while you're there trying to learn you can also sniff out those that have great personalities sniff out those that are funny sniff out those that are helpful sniff out those that have great cultures sniff out mentors that you look at and say wow i would really want to be similar to that guy or gal in 15 years 12 years six years whatever the case is going to be you can again you can then craft and say you know what i'm going to go pot committed into there because I'm really, I really want to be able to work here or somewhere like this at some point. So it's really honestly about happiness. Um, let me find one more topic that I'm going to be talking about at this keynote. I'm really excited about this, guys. Um, all right, here we go. Let's let's go here. Strategize and execute an internal communications program that keeps employees engaged. And my thoughts on that. All right. Uh, I can definitely talk about this. I've talked about this a ton throughout the podcast. So go ahead and check out any of the episodes that kind of talks about my internal comms perspectives. And I actually have a um, interview with someone that uh, is an internal comms specialist. But I will give a few points of views and a few opinions on this. I've talked about team fireside chats and I've talked about social media. I'll quickly talk about social media. I think it's uh, possible and productive and interesting where you can have uh, like Instagram group profiles or like a, like literally an Instagram page that's like a bar stool or a sports center or a um what are some other ones uh like a fox like a fox one where literally it's a page that is regurgitating content based around the core interest of your of your internal community of your employees right i'm a big fan of when it when a brand 
when a brand connects with their employees' personal interest at a macro level and does so through social and through other channels, right? I'm a big fan when a brand is cool. Like I'm a big fan of I'm a big fan of when you go into a company and a company has eight different Slack channels covering all different types of atmospheres that are actually connected to the actual interest and perspectives of your employees. So again, let's say, you know, you have the complex, right? The the medium publication, the complex of your brand blue. Let's say the, let's say the name of your company is blue and you create the complex page where you know for a fact your 44 employees they love hip hop, they love art, they love fashion, they love whatever the case is going to be. Maybe you're you're taking and regurgitating and being a DJ of the grailed, which is like a, a high fashion clothing brand content. Maybe you're going and jumping into um academics you know, post and, and talking about what's happening in certain, you know, cultures of, of hip hop. Maybe you're going on Ben Baller's page and showing different things and you're just plugging this this content into the overall team blue, right? The company blues Instagram page, right? You're you're taking a regurgitating content that is as that as an interest of your employees and you're doing so in a in a community where only your your employees are because it's going to keep them engaged and keep them locked in so that when you do want to make an announcement or at a very simple level, when you just want to be their friend and, and connect and engage and understand who they are at a personal level, I think it's a good good way to do this. Um, there's not too many brands that are doing this, but those that are, it's, it's a really good idea. Um, the other one would be kind of like team fireside chats. I'm a big fan, again, when you get the team together, whether it's 40, 50, 100, 200 people, and you just have you just have chats, like you just let people free flow, and we're all just going to talk. We're going to talk about really cool upcoming events. We're going to talk about the issues. We're going to talk about the failures. We're going to talk about the wins. We're going to talk about the losses. We're going to talk about things that are fucked up and hard. We're going to talk about things that are cool and exciting and 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 things that are making us nervous, things that are making us uh, super pumped up. We're going to talk about any ideas that they have and we're going to just do a nice macro two three hour conversation i'm a big fan of these it allows for a brand to at an authentic level push out messaging that can really connect with people and then i'm a big fan of once that fireside chat is completed i'm a big fan of the key stakeholders in the brand whether that's the ceo the chro whoever that's going to be the change agents i'm a big fan of them staying um, afterwards in conducting five, six, eight minute one-on-one conversations after the fireside chat to go a little bit deeper and to jot down uh, notes and insights. And then speaking of notes, I'm a big fan of there being a note taker off to the side that is part of the leadership team that is pretty much collecting all of this data uh, in like the viewpoints of the perspectives and the emotions and kind of like getting a temperature of the room so that when the executives then sit down that next Monday morning and talk about the benefits, the, the positives, the negatives of that fireside chat, there's actually notes to reference so that change can actually happen. Because that's the biggest thing when it comes to internal comms and culture, that whatever they say, whatever they're putting out to the world, it's not just a venting moment. It's an actual legitimate change moment that needs to occur so that you refer to those notes and then you actually do something about the data that was spewed over the course of two or three hours. So, um, yeah, these are my thoughts. 
this is the way I'm talking now is probably going to be kind of a, a similar look into the keynote style. I'm super excited about it. Super big fan of Towson University. Super thankful for the uh, the Sherm organization that is connected to Towson that is allowing me to come out and speak. And um, hopefully I was able to help you guys out and hopefully I was able to add some value. Thanks so much.